0: Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connection show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSMN 1590 AM and WLMW 90.7 FM serving both Greater Nashua and Greater Manchester. Um, so what's our show about? Why would you listen into the community connection show? We are here talking about the nonprofits that serve our community. The, uh, premise of the show is that, you know, there are a lot of, um, opportunities where people might need services from, um, from a, from an organization. So for example, let's say, you know, somebody who's struggling with substance use disorder or somebody who just lost their job and maybe can't pay the bills and is at risk of um, becoming homeless. Um, any of those are situations where there might be a nonprofit in our community that can help out with that situation. And by listening into our show each week, you can learn about those organizations and perhaps connect a friend, a family member, or a colleague to to an organization that can help them out. There are, of course, other reasons why you would listen to the show. Um, one of them is, and um, I consider that probably to be a very important reason is that our nonprofits survive in our community based on a lot of people giving back through volunteerism and also by donating. And so where would you want to donate your time or your resources? Of course, if you don't know what the organizations are and what their missions are, you won't uh, be inclined to do so. So this is another reason why you can listen in because each week we do interview two different nonprofits from our community. And that brings us to today's show. A little bit later in the hour, we're going to have um, an interview with the um, organization Home Health and Hospice Care. They've been on the show before and um, they'll be on the show from about 20 after the hour to 20 of the hour. And then um the back half of this the back third of the show from 20 of the hour until 10 we'll be talking with the grand state children's alliance and the hillsborough county child advocacy center about the work they do so um we have a pretty great show teed up queued up for you and um um, one of the things we're going to have is a special guest today as well. I'll introduce her in just a minute, but before we get to that, I just wanted to mention a couple of very quick community announcements. Some things that are going on this week and next week that you may not have heard of um, that you might hear about only here on the Community Connection show. So I just kind of keep this folder of things, and when people send me stuff and I think, oh, that's interesting, I, then I want to announce it on the air. And one of them is... That the um, the Fish and Game Club, and that's the the um, uh, well, how should I describe this? When my daughter was little, we went to this thing um, from the Nashua Fish, uh, the National Fish Hatchery, and that's off, off of Exit Six buy coals and all of those but on the opposite side of the road on broad street is the national fish hatchery and they're having a fishing derby um this coming saturday the 27th and so that's pretty fun it's kind of a way to learn about fish fishing nature um and so forth and it's kind of competitive as well so you can sign up for that Um, the, the registrations are free and the first 50 kids to sign up, get a free t-shirt. I don't know how many people have signed up, but they have a maximum of 75 people participating. And uh, the easiest way to sign up is um, simply to Go online, Google it, National Fish Hatchery, and you can find their contest um, where you can sign up. Or, in fact, you can just also give them a call at 589-3370. So pretty great and should be a lot of fun. The Sohegan Valley Chamber of Commerce is having a um, Kentucky Derby um, event over at um, our friends from LaBelle Winery, and that's going to be on May 4th. That's Saturday, May 4th from 5 to 9 p.m. at LaBelle. Um, One of the nice things about their event this year is that it's it's also a benefit event, and it benefits Touchstone Farm, and they've been actually on our show twice in the past. Touchstone Farm is an organization that uses equine therapy to help Um, both young children as well as veterans and they're located out in the Wilton Lineboro area so um, this is a benefit and it's from the Sohegan Valley Chamber of Commerce you can find out more information about that easily online at sohegan.net. I do want to mention an upcoming Jobs and Opportunity Fair as well as Employment Connect both of these are Um, opportunities for people to learn a little bit more about some of the job opportunities in our community on thursday may 9th and friday may 10th at the adult learning center on lake street there is a jobs and opportunity fair and on wednesday may 8th um, also that same week the um, nashua soup kitchen and shelter as well as the continuum of care are hosting their annual employment connect and that's actually the 12th annual event last but not least and then we'll get to our special guest last but not least the greater nashua um navigators this is a group of people who are from all over the world and they work with people who are as they say from away meaning not from here and i guess um I don't know how long it takes until you're not from away anymore. We've been here for about 20 years and I think sometimes we're still from away. So the navigators are a group of people who are from all over the world and they welcome people into our community. Um, they are meeting this Wednesday at the United Way offices up on Broad Street. And their topic this month is hobbies. So um, what what's your hobby? Why do you do it? Why, what makes it fun? I can tell you I'm going to be there. I go every month. And this week, I'm, this month I'm going to be bringing my scuba gear with me because that's my hobby. And you know that from listening to me in the past that uh, the underwater world is the place where I feel best. And uh, so scuba is my shtick. So... We have just a couple minutes left and I want to introduce in the first segment. I want to introduce a friend who I've known since she was little, very little. And that is, uh, Miss Mia Flagel. Mia is, um, actually a neighbor of ours. And, um, she recently wrote a piece and entered into a contest about mental illness. She is 13 years old this week and is a seventh grader at Penichuk Middle School and actually, um, really, um, did great. And I I believe won this contest and got to present her paper, um, in a statewide competition. So I thought, um, with May being National Mental Health Month, that um, it would be great to bring me on the show and have her read our, her essay. So Mia, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm good. This is really cool, actually. <laughs>
0: this is really cool, right? You know, you can see Main Street, you're on the radio, you can hear yourself. Is it weird to hear yourself yeah, talking? It's,
1: yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it
0: is It is weird. Okay. And you are on vacation this week too, right?
1: Yes, finally.
0: Finally, finally. Well, how you you have a lot of vacations. You, yeah, you know?
1: we do have a lot of vacations. But I like those. So. I'm sure
0: i I'm sure you do. Absol- absolutely. Do you have plans for the week? Are you going swimming, going to the beach? It's a little early to go to the beach, right?
1: Well, since my birthday's on Friday, I'm just gonna like hang out with friends and family those couple days.
0: That sounds great. By the way, you have a really great radio voice. Do you know that? I do? Yay. Yeah, yeah. So later on, I'm going to play this. Um, we'll have this uploaded as a podcast. You can actually listen to yourself. It'll be up. It'll take a day or two, but I'll uh, email it to your mom, and you can listen to yourself on the radio as many times as you want. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your essay.
1: So I wrote this essay for a contest that's called Magnify Voices, um, and at like the beginning, my literacy teacher was helping me with it, and I... like. I didn't expect to win or didn't know like what was coming. And then I got my mom got an email, and it turns out that I was in the top 10. And I was invited to read it at a youth summit in Concord.
0: And Now, that's the top 10 in the entire state of New yeah. Hampshire, right? Yeah. That's pretty great.
1: And so there was six videos, because it was a video and writing thing. And then there was only four writing pieces. So I was one of the four kids that read a writing piece
0: that's fantastic so um and it's about mental illness yes and what's the title of your piece
1: um it's called helpless
0: all right well i would say with no further ado why don't we just get into reading it and take your time and um uh we'll uh, see what people people think
1: okay i know how anxiety feels i know it can be the worst feeling in the world i know that sometimes i feel like i'm trapped in the spinning cycle I usually get anxiety towards the nighttime, probably because everything is shutting down and sometimes I don't know what can happen during the night. Sometimes I feel this weird feeling in my stomach even hours before I start to worry and spin into this mindset of irrationality. Usually what I do to help myself in the middle of the night or even when I'm just going to sleep is to just try and calm myself down. I know that sometimes this is very hard for people who struggle with anxiety, including myself, but as much as it stinks to admit it, I am in control of my brain let's start off with a scenario that actually happened to me a couple of nights ago that could really happen to anyone picture this you're sleeping over at a friend's house when you find yourself tossing and turning in bed because you just can't seem to get comfortable you try to go back to sleep but your normal sound drowning fan isn't on so you can't so you end up hearing every single noise that occurs inside and outside of the house you try to text your mom she doesn't answer what do you do what i did was spiral into a fit of non-realistic dark and scary thoughts It wasn't good for me or my mind. I tried to remember what my mom said other times. I was safe and in control. Close my eyes, wiggle my fingers and toes, relax every part of my body, count my breaths. If you are in that situation, you could try sleep meditation by just Googling sleep meditations for kids on YouTube. Much like the sleep meditation, you could also try some form of focusing that takes your mind off of all the thoughts that are occurring within your brain. For example, if there is any fan or sound maker that produces light white noise around you, try turning that on. Close your eyes and see if you can hear if there is a slight change in pitch within it. Usually you will eventually slip, drift off to sleep. One thing that helps me the most is to pop in my earbuds and listen to my favorite songs at the moment. Again, this helps you get your mind off of everything and refocuses your brain. I went to California for 10 days during the summer with my grandmother after I was in New York with my sister and parents. I was nervous a lot of the time, but I was too distracted to really feel the anxiety sneaking up on me. Now the reality starts to kick in. I have never been away from my parents for this long. My breathing starts staggering and my heart starts racing. My vision gets blurry and my head starts pounding. I slowly sit down on the couch and feel the wet tears slowly fall onto my face, onto my nose, and drip off onto, drip, drip off onto the ground. My mom notices me and asks me what's wrong. I tell her that I don't want to go anymore and that I'm feeling very anxious. The thing about anxiety is that it is the thing that makes you study for a test and be hesitant about going down a huge water slide, but it can also be the reason you miss out on things that could be life-changing opportunities. I knew that California would be amazing, but my brain was also telling me that I wasn't strong enough to go all the way across the country and leave my parents in New Hampshire. My mom, being the amazing mom that she is, pretty much said that it was my choice but left an undertone of, but you will really disappoint your cousins. So I decided to go because I knew that it would be an amazing experience that I didn't want to miss out on, despite what my anxious brain was telling me. During my adventures in California, I wrote some things in my journal so that I could get all of my emotions out onto pieces of paper. This is what I came up with. The goodbye at the airport was hard because I've never been away for this long from my house and my parents. I feel like crawling into a closet and crying until the 10 days are over. It's 7.40 a.m. here right now, which means it's 10.40 a.m. in Nashua no one is up. I didn't get much sleep last night and ended up sleeping with Nani, which I'll probably do again. I want my mom. I want her to hold my hand and tell me everything will all be fine. I want her here. I want her. I need her. She told me writing is a good escape. I agree. Being here without my mom is the scariest thing ever. My mind, my anxiety gets worse and worse as my mind starts to wander off the pages of the book. I'm shaking. I'm scared. I'm nauseous. I'm afraid. I am helpless. I am not helpless, though. You are not helpless. I'm learning how to deal with my anxiety. I now know I can take back control by using some of my coping strategies. I now know I can get help. I now know if I talk to someone, it helps. You can too, and you can help others as well by sharing your personal stories. All you have to remember is that it will end. You can do this.
0: Wow, that is an amazing, amazing piece and a very personal story. Um, I'm gonna share with you then, um, I actually have experienced anxiety as well. And currently um, for the last couple of weeks, I've had some serious, pretty serious, I think serious episodes of that. Um, and some of my coping strategies are similar to what you've described with meditation. And I actually have an app, an app on my phone um, that has different meditations on it that I've been using uh, to go back to sleep or to distract my mind to, you know, those are the types of things that seem to help me. Um, that's really remarkable. and. Um, very personal so thank you for sharing that thank you that's great is there anything else that you would like to add
1: um i just want to say that like i'm really grateful that i've had the opportunity to share my stories at concord and on here as well so i just want to thank you for having me
0: well that's wonderful and mia happy 13th birthday thank you (laughs) Um, you are wise beyond your years i think your parents both know that um but um thank you for coming on the show today and um I told you earlier that as soon as we have the podcast up, I will send it over to you and you can listen to yourself on the radio. You have a really great voice too.
2: Thank
0: you. All right. So thank you very much. Um, I'm going to now take our first break. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSMN 1590 a.m. and WLMW 90. 90.7? Yeah, 90.7 FM. I always forget that since it's relatively new. And um, after our break, which is um, brought to you by Etchstone Properties of Nashua, we will be back on the show with our first nonprofit interview, and that is today with Home
3: Health and Hospice Care. Edstone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edstone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edstone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at etchstoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Title Boxing Club is the best and only authentic full body boxing workout that changes your body, clears your mind and completely engages your spirit. Our signature workout utilizes the fundamentals of a true boxer's workout, including proper heavy bag
4: training to strengthen and tone your arms, legs, back, core, stamina and your confidence, empowering, exhilarating and totally addictive. This is your new favorite workout class. Visit them online at titleboxingclub.com or call 603 603- Two
3: zero six five six zero eight. That's two zero six five six zero eight. And begin today.
0: Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org.
3: It's flu season, and this nasty bug affects thousands of Americans each year. American Medical Response wants to give you some safety tips so you can avoid the flu. The best thing to do is get a flu shot now. Wash your hands thoroughly and regularly. Try not to touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Avoid contact with other people who are sick. And if you do get the flu, drink plenty of water, rest, and avoid going out. Check out more safety tips at amr.net safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day.
0: Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSMN 1590 a.m. Um, each week we talk with two different nonprofits from our community about the work they do in making Greater Nashville stronger, smarter, safer, and ha- healthier, and happier. And today we're joined by Home Health and Hospice Care. Um, Their Director of Business Development and Strategy, Julie Stone, is with us in the studio today. So Julie, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure and my honor. So, um, we've been partners with Home Health and Hospice United Way for many, many years now. And we also share, um, we share a lot of board members and we share a lot of volunteers. And, um, I think there's, there's not a day goes by where somehow Home Health and Hospice and United Way don't cross paths in one way or another. So it's really great to have you. One of the things I wanted to talk about, maybe just to kick it off, is when people hear about home health and hospice care, I think they often, um, just hear the word hospice and because we all i think know what hospice is um we forget about the broader mission maybe could would you mind talking a little bit about the the multifaceted aspect of what what you guys do
4: i'd be happy to thank you so home health and hospice for over a century has been serving the greater nashua and manchester area really to provide home care for people who are recovering from an accident or an illness or an acute medical event um you know when you go into the hospital because you need a hip replacement or some kind of medical event has happened and you need to uh, recover at home we have skilled nurses and therapists and social workers who actually go into the home for a period of time to help people to get well and get back to the things that are most important to them. We provide those services actually from birth until the end of life so we provide services to children as well as older adults with our goal really of helping people to get back to the things that mean the most to them.
0: So, you didn't start out originally as a hospice organization actually at all.
4: We didn't. We actually started out over a century ago with a group of women who wanted to help the mill workers and their families. They wanted to help support them when they were sick. They wanted to help by bringing them um, some companionship, some food. And then that grew to the original visiting nurse organization where nurses would come on a horse and buggy and provide care in the home. From that, we've grown to an organization that serves more than 25 communities in the greater Nashua and Manchester area. And we have skilled clinicians who can provide care to very complex, sick people who are now recovering in their home.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I've heard the story from Tina, my friend, Tina Andrade, mm-hmm. um, from your development department, about your your long, long history, um, ingrained with embedded within our community for well over a century now. Um, which is which is fantastic um, so what 's new these days what 's going on with you guys that we uh, that people might not know about
4: so home health and hospice relies greatly on volunteers, as many nonprofits in the area do we 're very proud to say that we invest a great deal in our volunteer program. We over, have over two hundred volunteers who wish to help us in a number of ways. Um, some of those ways are, th- are through our hospice program, people who have typically been positively impacted through hospice. At a later date want to give back. We have a very extensive um, hospice volunteer training program which will happen again later this summer. If people are interested in finding out more about that they can certainly give our organization a call at 882-2941 or go on to their website at hhc.org.
0: you have one of those going on right now, is that right?
4: We just wrapped up a volunteer training program now, and we'll have another one again later this summer. And those volunteers do a lot of wonderful things. They can help administratively in the office, Mm -hmm. but they can also um, be part of a pet therapy team. We have 24 pet therapy teams. Typically, a human partner is paired with a dog. Um, We also have two miniature horses, which is quite unique as part of our pet therapy team, as well as people who are musicians, uh, Reiki masters, uh, anyone that wants to spend time as a companion with someone at end of life to really help them enjoy the quality of end of life and help them perhaps engage in activities they might not otherwise be able to.
0: I actually have a board member who just went through that program that just concluded who um, I was over at her house um, dinner about uh, two weeks ago now and she was telling me about it and absolutely absolutely loved it thought it was a fantastic training
4: yeah it, it's a very extensive really really well organized um, training program that we do have we want to make p- sure people really understand what they're getting themselves involved in we want to support them to be successful right and of course we want them to be our partners for years and years to come Uh, We also offer bereavement services to the general community, and many people aren't aware of that. Mm -hmm. So you may have lost a loved one. They did not receive services through home health and hospice care, but we would like you to be able to participate in our bereavement programs. Those bereavement programs are for children. We have specialized groups for teenagers as well as support groups for adults, so spousal loss, parental loss, and those groups are ongoing. Again, if you would like additional information about those, you can certainly check us out at www.hhc.org. They're free and open to the community.
0: Fantastic. And so throughout the year, you also do some fundraising. I know that you um, you receive a lot of your um, funds, I think I believe through Medicaid and Medicare and in various types of insurance, and you probably receive some grants as well, I do. Um, but you also do a lot of fundraising to make your work um, um, happen. I know that a lot of the the um, Uh, things that you do are not paid for through insurance. You need to fundraise for that gap. So what are some of the things you you do throughout the year that that people can get involved with? Yeah, absolutely.
4: So we typically have three signature events a year, and we are now planning for our 28th annual golf tournament. And that will be held on June 3rd at Vesper Country Club. We would love for people to check that out. We're always looking for corporate sponsors and for golfers. I understand that this is a fabulous golf course, very difficult to get into. And so this is your opportunity to support a great organization with a great day of golf. Um, so we'll have other organ, uh, other activities throughout the year to follow. Last year we had a significant event, which was the first time we'd ever done a showcase designer showcase. Um, we had a house here in Nashua that was completely renovated, um, with the support of so many wonderful organizations. Right. And our uh, development director Tina Andrade, who you mentioned before, yep. is always looking for something new and innovative in ways of people to get involved with our organization and support our cause
0: that fantastic now you guys are also i know going over the edge this year we are we're
4: joining the united way and going (laughs) over the edge we have six members who are include our cfo who will be going over the edge with you um to raise money not only for the united way but also for our organization as well we're very excited to do that
0: so i want to mention a little bit more about that so the people you have on your team which i just pulled up while we were talking of angela hall dave christensen who's actually a neighbor of mine um elizabeth cody uh, Jack, Jackie Runala. I think that's Runala. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce her last name. Ruth Ellen Whitney, who is absolutely just kicking butt right now in the that's fundraising. That's our CFO. Department. She's awesome. Ruth Ellen and Elizabeth Cody are actually amongst the top two fundraisers at this and point. And Elizabeth
4: Cody is our board chair. She is fantastic.
0: She's already, Elizabeth Cody has already had 27 donors donating a total of um, almost $2,000. Wow. And Ruth Ellen has had 17, also almost $2,000. And Tom McAndrews is on, on your team Another as well. a board member, yeah. So what I'm going to say about that is if you would like to support Home Health and Hospice and they're over the Edge team. It's really easy to do that on your cell phone. You just really wanna text. Um, We have a text to give set up for you guys where you would text the word Edge 2019-16. So Edge 2019-16. And you just send that to the number 71777. And there you'll see the team. You can choose somebody to support. You can support the team in general and all uh, all of that money that that uh, gets raised goes right back to your mission which is awesome
4: That's exciting
0: So um but you're not doing it
4: uh, I am going to leave that to the brave people from our organization, I am not among them. I will be cheering them on. <laughs>
0: um, I have to say, I have a lot of conversations with people throughout the year about this particular event, and I always, and more often than not, that's exactly what I get is the sort of cringeworthy, great idea, but <laughs> not me. That's right. That's right. I'll
4: be a cheerleader at the, at the bottom.
0: Fantastic. So business development strategy. Tell me a little bit about, um, I always think it's interesting to talk with the public about different nonprofit roles, because people I find don't really understand, like, what are the different roles in a nonprofit organization? And how do those parallel Um, similar roles in the Mm for-profit world. What does the Director of Business Development and Strategy do?
4: Right. So for home health and hospice care, that really means I am charged with helping people in the community to understand our value to them. We work with local hospitals. We work with Southern New Hampshire. We work with St. Joe's. In Manchester, we work with Catholic Medical Center and a number of skilled nursing facilities and hundreds of physician practices. And our goal is really to help them best understand how we can help their patients get well or to live a quality end of life. Um, For hospitals, that means helping them not return to the hospital. Patients certainly don't want to return to the hospital either. Well, that's for sure. And so my job is really to make sure that people understand how we can best help their patients and how people, the general public, understand how when they're going through some kind of medical event, we can be there to help them get back to the things that are important.
0: Okay, so uh, to some extent, you're sort of the brand ambassador. In the community. I
4: am the brand ambassador. We have many brand ambassadors. We're very sure. lucky to have a very engaged senior management team, including our CEO, John Getz. We like to spend as much time in the community as possible so people really understand who we are and we really have a good sense of what the community needs.
0: Very good. And if somebody wants to learn more about your organization, what's really the best way for them to do that?
4: It's easy. They can go to www.hhhc.org or give us a call locally at 882-2941.
0: Yeah, and I've actually just pulled up the website. I just found it by Googling Home Health and Hospice Care. You might have to to queue up Merrimack in, Mm -hmm. in the search or something like that. Um, you 've got a very robust website talks a little bit about what you do. Um, depends upon whether you 're a patient or a caregiver, how a person can uh, there are some employment opportunities, volunteer opportunities, and also opportunities to donate on right on your site
4: We try to make it easy as possible. We are always looking for great clinicians as well, so we often uh, suggest to people who are tired of the current environment they're working in and want a little more autonomy, providing care to people in their home, have a little more longer-term relationship with a patient, that we would be love to talk to them and see if home care or hospice isn't a great fit for them
0: pretty good. So Julie, what did how long have you been with home, home health of
4: I just celebrated my 6 year anniversary.
0: 6 years. Well, that as I know your organization has very little turnover, so that makes you kind of like the newbie I still, right? I am the
4: newbie, that's right. Yep. So prior
0: to that, what what's your uh, what, what have you done prior to that?
4: Originally from the seacoast, so I always worked okay. in the Portsmouth area and yep. then moved to the Uh, to work to the southern part of the state, the Nashua area. Um, Always healthcare, usually with senior focus in mind, and then found this uh, organization as I was working in the seacoast and fell in love with it and make the commute daily because it's a great organization to work for.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And, of course, the expansion and renovation of 101 helps. Absolutely. (laughs) Boy, that used to be a hard drive. Hard drive. (laughs) A lot of potholes. Um, Very good. So... um, Anything else? We have just a couple more minutes left to talk about home health and hospice before we take our next break. Any other things that you would like for us to cover that we maybe haven't so far?
4: I would just welcome people to um, really think about when they have a health care need that they, in fact, do have choice as to who they use. There are a lot of visiting nurse organizations out there, a lot of hospice providers to choose from, and it can be very confusing. So I would ask people to really give thought to... Um, their local provider, we are providers who live here in the community, your clinicians may be your neighbors, um, you will develop long-term relationships with them, and we are mission-driven, so we are giving back to the community, we provide care to people whether they have the means to pay for it or not.
0: Very good, so your 28th annual golf tournament, I just found that online, is coming up on June 3rd, that's a special day because it's my birthday. Oh, happy um,
4: birthday, June 3rd. It's also
0: my twentieth, 28th anniversary as well of being like, no, I'm not going to be 20 I'm sorry. I just can't even pull that off like twice that much. <laughs> but um looks like a fabulous event. And for more information, you can find that right on the website under um, how to help under events. Um, and I know you are looking for sponsors and teams. Looks like you have a really fabulous group of sponsors already uh, on board for that, which is great. And, um, but people still can sign up as both teams and sponsors. Yes. Yes. We're looking
4: for everyone's participation for that big day.
0: Fantastic. That's really, that's really great. And, um, of course, over the edge at the end of June, and we talked about how you can uh, support home health and hospice care for that as well. And a little bit about your mission. So Julie, thank you very much for coming on our show today and talking about what you guys do um, at home health and hospice.
4: My pleasure. Thanks so much, Mike.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to take our second break now. And after the break, we're going to have our second um, Mm -hmm. nonprofit, uh, interview and that's this going to be with grand state children's alliance who has not been on our show before and their local organization which is the hillsborough county um, child advocacy center you're listening to the united way community connection show i'm your host mike affelberg our show is brought to you each week by Edgestone properties of greater nashua one of our community's premier builders and um, we will be back in just a couple of minutes
3: Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208.
0: Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger,
3: smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 zero 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 eight that's 603-891-0008 the village network become a member today
0: Well, good Monday morning. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking about the nonprofits in our community and how they make our community stronger, safer, smarter, healthier, and happier. Um, We are joined today by... Stephanie Arroyo, who has not been in our show before. And Stephanie is with the Granite State Children's Alliance, um, an organization that also has a presence in our community. And she's involved most specifically with their Know and Tell program that we're going to talk about and learn a little bit more about today. Um, And we'll also talk a little bit about the uh, Hillsborough County Child Advocacy Center, an organization with which United Way is affiliated as well here in our local community. So Uh, Stephanie, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I think you might need to talk just a little bit closer to the microphone, if you don't mind. uh, um,
2: This is my first rodeo. (laughs) First rodeo (laughs) on the air. (laughs) First
0: rodeo on the radio. Yes no worries um so um your involvement with the granite state children's alliance is with the know and tell program why don't you start out by telling us just a little bit uh, about what is that program and how is it uh um, changing our community for the better
2: yeah so no intel is a is a program of the granite state children's alliance it's about four years old but it's really taken a lot gotten a lot of momentum over the last year or so it is a program um, to be a new hampshire solution to a problem we have in new hampshire In New Hampshire, we are a universal reporting state, which means anyone who lives in New Hampshire, who's a resident of New Hampshire, who's 18 years and older, is a mandated reporter. But many people do not understand that they are or what that role really entails. So as um, an education coordinator training specialist, I go out and across the state, and I train adults on know and tell, which is knowing... um, The signs of child abuse and how to tell someone how to report and where you kind of fall in that child protection system. So a lot of our focus is on um, educators, schools, um, youth-serving organizations, medical professionals, and things like that. Um, But it really is for any adult in New Hampshire who um, works with kids, anyone who comes in contact with children.
0: What does that actually mean, mandated reporter?
2: So if you suspect abuse or it's been disclosed to you, you must report it to DCYF and law enforcement you are mandated. If you don't, it's actually a misdemeanor in New Hampshire, so you can be charged with um, failure to report.
0: Now, is that a requirement of every person in every state, or is that just unique kind of to our state?
2: So, no, I believe there's only 11 states um, across the United States that are mandated reporter states, universal reporting states. Um, A lot of other states rely on your, your occupation, so if you... So teachers. Teachers, medical professionals, daycare workers, providers, things like that, but in New Hampshire, it doesn't matter who you are, what occupation you have. You are a mandated reporter if you're eighteen years older and a resident.
0: So I am in a in the supermarket mm-hmm. and I see a an adult maybe what I consider inappropriately grab a child and maybe yell at them, something which I might consider to be abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is my responsibility under the law to report that to the proper authorities, meaning the police department and the dcyf
2: yep. division for children youth and families yes absolutely um and we focus a lot in schools i'm a former educator and one of the things um, when, I, when i mentioned earlier we're trying to be a solution um educators are professional reporters they, they have a higher standard of, of having to report because they are working with kids day in and day out so under um the New Hampshire Department of Education, their professional development statutes and whatnot, they're supposed to have some sort of training for recognizing the signs of child abuse and things like that. And um, they do get it, but what that looks like is very different between schools. And even within the same district, it could be literally just passing out a f- our, here's our mandated reporting policy, take a look at it when you get a chance, or a 10 minute overview of that policy. Very rarely is it a full in-depth professional development training. And one of the problems that we're seeing as we go into schools and other organizations is that their mandated reporting policy actually doesn't really fall completely in line with what the law requires of them. A lot of educators are still being um, asked to kind of funnel their reports through the school counselor or through the administrative staff, and they make the decision whether or not that report gets made, and that's not the law. The law Mm -hmm. is actually that whoever suspects it, that first person must report. You can certainly go to your administrator or go to a school counselor for support in making that phone call, but you yourself are the mandated reporter and you, you have can't to make that call. That you can't delegate
0: that or out or down
2: exactly and so that's what we try to help schools and youth serving organizations with is kind of looking at their mandated policy what they're actually doing and make sure it falls in line with what the law actually says so that we can better identify and get kids help because the bottom line is kids when they get help when they're children they can go on and live very happy healthy normal lives there's a lot of ACEs involved when children don't get help they need. The ACEs are Adverse Childhood Experiences. So if children don't get that help that they need when they're younger, they're going to go on and have other issues into adulthood, whether it be alcoholism, drug abuse, domestic violence, all kinds of health problems. There's a higher rate of suicide, school dropout, things like that. Um, it's proven that if you get help when they're younger, they can actually go on and live very happy, healthy, normal lives. So. That's yep. our mission. We're more of an intervention program. We're not. We're hoping that it'll become prevention sure. over time, but it's intervention.
0: So is No Intel actually a, a training program in and of itself, or is it more of an awareness um, program to make people understand that they need to seek out the training that's appropriate for their organization, or? Um, yeah what exactly is no intel in this space
2: so it's a full education program okay. um that was why, why i was brought on about a year ago was to yep. develop that and kind of take it from an awareness campaign initiative sure. to a full-scale educational program so in the in the past year we've gone from i think last year we did around 26 trainings across the state maybe 568 people that we trained and in three months alone we've trained over 1200 um 350 so we're we're a full-on educational program we walk everyone through our kind of our three elements of the program are educate inform and protect so knowing those signs what are our legal definitions here in new hampshire what does that look like and what is your role as a mandated reporter and then we go into the inform section which is more about Okay, you you now know the signs, but what do you do with that information? What does a report actually look like? How do you make a phone call to DCYF? Um, What happens when you make that phone call to DCYF? And then the protect kind of falls into um, we all have a responsibility to protect children. And where do you actually fall in that child protection system? Because we all do have a role. It's really about trying to change our culture um, as we look at child child abuse. Um, As we kind of go through life... on a daily basis, people will look the other way we've kind of you know we'll see something going on in our neighbor's backyard or at Walmart or you know wherever at the park and we'll look the other way because we don't want to be involved and that's really what we need to stop doing. We need to take notice of things that are happening to children because they, they don't have the voice when they're young it's so hard to speak up um, about child abuse when they're being abused and and whatnot so we're trying to take that burden off children as adults. We should be paying attention to what's going on with children and um, take that burden off them and so that they can actually get the help they need sooner. Yep, So.
0: yep, absolutely. And um, so is there some way in which the public, I always like to give people an idea of how they can get involved in supporting a, a program or an agency, either as volunteers or donors, um, how is it that somebody could support the, this Know and Tell initiative?
2: Yeah, so if you go to knowandtell.org, um, that's our, our website, um, there's plenty of ways you can you can um, help us out. We we definitely take volunteers, um, internship type programs. We're actually remodeling that right now. Um, we do take sponsorships. We have our um, upcoming gala, um, our 13th annual child advocacy gala on Saturday, May 18th at the Manchester Country Club. Um, and it, that's a super fun event that's coming up. It's a flapper theme event, but we it really relies heavily on sponsorships and investment to support um, our local business through our local businesses and partnerships, um, child advocacy centers, and um, and whatnot. So that's an upcoming event that that helps us out quite a bit. Um, right now, as we build know and um, we are moving on um, to make sure we can get it out there more. So we're we've developed an online. Um, educational program with the National Criminal Justice Training Center so that folks can go right online and complete the course at their own leisure. They don't have to come to an in-person professional development. Um, So as we continue to build the program, those things do take monies, obviously. Um, So we are definitely very open to any kind of sponsorships and donations we accept very willingly.
0: (laughs) sure absolutely now yeah. this um gala that's the one is that the one that seth Myers is he did last year he, last year he yeah. was a
2: part of um some fundraiser events yeah. he wasn't a part of the gala ah okay his, his dad was there
0: okay very good yeah i know that I've, I've not been to your gala but i've heard it's really great yeah actually yeah. which doesn't surprise me because joy is also really great yeah, <laughs> and the phenomenal. energy she brings to these things is amazing yes so, fantastic. Um, I want to talk just briefly about the Child Advocacy Center. I told you I wouldn't put you on the spot for that, so <laughs> I won't. But just so people are understanding yeah. um, a little bit about that as well. So, the Grand State Children's Alliance runs a number of what are called Child Advoc- Advocacy Centers throughout the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one um, in uh, in Greater Nashua, serving Greater Nashua. And that basically is a center where if a child is... Um, Abused. if there is um, abuse, sexual violence, or physical violence, um, non-sexual in nature, then the child will be brought in to a very safe, comfortable, kind of a kid-friendly environment and be interviewed by somebody who's a very skilled forensic interviewer. Correct. Who um, doesn't, um, you know, it's not harsh lights and anything like that, it's a very comfortable environment. And in the next room adjacent is a team, a multidisciplinary team that is includes representatives from the school district or the police department, mental health, um, perhaps bridges, and uh, sort of helping to understand simultaneously um, what is the case perhaps to be brought against the perpetrator and also how to best support this child in their recovery.
2: Yeah yeah the the beauty of the the m d t and the child advocacy centers they worked so well together. Um, as a former educator, we didn't have that back when I was teaching. And so a child would literally tell their story seven or eight times throughout the day. It's basically
0: um, re-traumatizing. It's re-
2: very re-traumatizing. It's very emotionally taxing on the child. Yep. Um, and, you know, by bringing all those folks together and having them in one room, they're able to speak to the forensic interviewer through an earpiece and ask the questions that they need to get asked so that everyone leaves there with the most amount of information they can to follow through with the, you know, the rest of the investigative process. Um, so it's definitely less traumatizing on a child um, when they have to tell their story and and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I always talk about, um, you know, Joy has gone, Joy Barrett, your CEO, um, has gone with me on the uh, United Way campaign trail to make presentations a couple of times. One of the things we always sort of mention is that um, there are a lot of people who there are a lot of organizations that you're going to hear of throughout the day, you know, just sort of brand names in the community, like the, the YMCA or the boys and girls club. Mm -hmm. Um, but the child advocacy center tends to be a little bit lower under the radar. And so we try to present, you know, this is an an incredibly important mission. Part of the grant making that we do is specifically for the child advocacy center. And, uh, you know, it's not, um, something you're going to, see typically pulling out a full page ad in the national telegraph to no. you know to, to to broadcast what you do and who you are yeah. um just because of the nature of the work yeah yeah so it's pretty so it's pretty great and it's also very difficult to get involved with that As a volunteer, I have to say, because of the nature of the work.
2: It is. It is. And that's why I really like Know and Tell a lot, because I used to work with children. Um, Right. My first teaching job was actually in Maine at a residential treatment facility where I worked with, um, I had an all-girls unit out of the Maine Youth Youth Center, so it was a diversion program, but all of those girls were... um, sexually abused and physically abused and I knew I wanted to get back into that field. I, I left it for a bit um, But I knew I didn't want to do that work on the ground level every day. I have three daughters of my own now And I think it would be really difficult. So spreading No and tell and growing the program of know and tell um, So that we as adults are more educated and paying attention to what kids are um, dealing with today is really the best way for me to be involved with, with such a program.
0: I like the fact that it's also very prevention oriented. Yes. Um, you know, they say like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and that really is the, the 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 situation in this particular case for sure. Yeah. Um so you're you've been with um the Grand State Children's Alliance for how long?
2: Just over a year.
0: Wow. And yeah. has that gone fast?
2: So fast. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I mean, no until has grown I mean by the minute. Yeah. Um and we have, we have big dreams for Know and Tell. We are, we're working with legislator to also link it to um, hiring practices for anyone who's working with children on a daily basis, whether it be in a school setting, a, um, a day camp. We're approaching summer camp season, um, YMCA's, Boy Scouts, Girls Club, any youth organization that have it linked to their – to their hiring practices so that people know the signs before they start working with children. Um, so it would be linked to when you um, do your background checks and your fingerprinting. The third checkbox would be I'm no until certified.
0: Now, is, that, um, is there a cost for an organization to do that?
2: Um, right now, the No and Tell online program, we're piloting that this month, and then okay. we'll make some revisions over the summer and then re-release it. That will remain free for about a year. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, this is a New Hampshire solution, so we're trying to make sure we get it right here first. Oh, of course. Um, so that's free. For me to come do an in-person training, that is usually around two and a half to three hours, and we do charge for that based on the... Um, the group and whatnot, you know, the number of participants and stuff. But we wanted to make sure there was a free option. No
0: apologies necessary. (laughs) Time is money. We all know that. Time is money.
2: We have to. Yeah. um, And we're trying to, you know, build the program. Um, The elements that we have right now, the Educate, Inform, Protect, each one of those in the online program is about a half an hour module. So people can stop and start as much as they want. The middle module, Inform, that is around 45 minutes, depending on the avenues. There's some choices you can Mm -hmm. make as you watch the video um so we are trying to grow the program so it's our base program right now and then we envision having some other additional tracks specific to um folks actual occupations. so if you're a medical provider there will be a medical track that gets a little bit more in depth um with child abuse and what that looks like and then same for coaches what are coaches dealing with what are bus drivers dealing with you know right. that kind of thing um, i can
0: imagine you must have a lot of interest from some of the uh, like the daycare centers and the private schools the you know the early childhood centers
2: yeah, from November to about just about last um the last couple of weeks we've been going crazy. We've been doing trainings sometimes two a day mm-hmm. um doing evening trainings, weekend trainings um and that's another thing to p- point out is that I will come do um organizations on the weekends sure. um, we do we did some for Manchester Christian Church, we do them wherever um the the road takes us, you know
0: so that's great important stuff yeah so um stephanie We are just about out of time. Any last words you want to say about No and Tell or Grand State Children's Alliance before we cut out?
2: Just know that if you um, suspect abuse, you must report it to DCYF. The phone number at DCYF is 1-800-894-5533. They are open 24-7. And just remember, you don't need to have proof. It's not your job to investigate or provide that proof. It's only if you suspect it or it's been disclosed to you. Um, Any information is better than no information. Um, They will let you know if it rises to the level of further investigation. It's better to be safe than sorry.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for the important work that you do. We really appreciate that. And thank you for coming on our show today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to cut out. You've been listening to the United Way Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM, WLMW 90.7 FM. We're here each and every week talking with the nonprofits in our community about the work they do to make Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier. Next week, we will be back with the Nashua Fish Hatchery, talking about their um, fishing derby, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and the Partnership for Successful Living. So we've got a great show queued up for next week. Until next week, uh, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.